welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I um, felt probably three or four weeks ago, I got woken up at three o'clock in the morning with this message and this illustration that I'm going to use. And so when Kath called me and said, hey, you know, can you share? I said, look, I've already got a message. I was going to say to you, hey, what do you want to do with this? So, um, And a lot of it has been stuff that Alex has said. So I'm going, oh, I'll take that out, take that out. But I'm going, you know what, is God getting our attention on some things? So um, I want to use this gift as an illustration. And I'm going to use um, the illustration of a father going away on a journey and leaving the gift in the care of somebody else to give to somebody that he loves. So so for the sake of example, I'm going to imagine my husband Peter has said, I've had this gift, gift wrapped, because he knows I could not make it look like that. And so I've had this gift wrapped and I want you to give it to our daughter Ashari on Christmas Day. So I need to store this gift so that it looks beautiful on Christmas Day. Now I can pretty much guarantee if I put it on my dining table, by the time we've had dinner with my five kids, you know what will have happened to it? <laughs> it would have got spilt on with something. So it's not going to be looking as beautiful as it once did. If I leave it in my rumpus room, I have preschoolers and they will go, Mummy, this will look much prettier <laughs> if I do this to it. And it's not going to be looking as good. If I left it in my hallway, and I'm not that strong, but if I left it in my hallway, it's going to get scuffed by school bags, knocked around, bent out of shape. And I would go, hey, Ashari, look at this beautiful gift your dad's given you on Christmas Day. I wonder how she's going to be feeling. She's going to go, mum, you didn't really take care of that very well. You're not really looking after that too well, mum. I don't feel as special and loved as I would have. And you know what? I'm really dishonouring my husband by not, not actually giving the father's gift to the person intended as it was intended to look. So can I have my... Can I switch the gifts, Donna? If I had have stored it in a safe place, in a careful place, and said, hey, honey, here's this gift that your dad's given you on Christmas Day, she would feel valued, she would feel special because it was the way the Father had intended that gift to be perceived. And I want to liken this gift today to the gift of our life that our Father in Heaven gives to us. And he says, hey, honey, here's the gift of your life. I want you to honour me with that gift and I want you to present it to those around you and to others the way that I intended it to look. But you know what we do? We... I won't wreck it this time. We saturate it with our circumstances so it doesn't look that great anymore. We redecorate it by going, you know what? I don't like that kingdom value. I want to do what I want to do. I want to redecorate my life, live it the way I want to live it. We get bent out of shape, stomped on by people's stuff like Alex was talking about. We allow that stuff to get in us and this is what we present to others. This is who I am. I'm bitter. I'm um, unforgiving. I'm self-disdain. I'm this, I'm that. And that's what we're actually giving to others. So I just want to look at some ways today that we can actually honour our Father, the giver of that gift. And I want to liken um, this aspects of the gift to different parts of our life. And to do that, I want to illustrate some of what I've walked through in the last six months. Like Kat said, we didn't 
tell people, and there were several reasons why we didn't tell people what we were going through. The first is exactly what Alex was saying, because we want to speak words of truth. We don't want to speak negativity. I wanted to be careful about what I thought. I wanted to be careful about what I listened to. So I wanted to protect myself and I wanted to protect others because you know what? If I had have told you stuff, none of you would, who would have called me during that time would have called me. And I would have had this horrible, unhealthy bubble of self-disdain and self-pity that I just would hate. So I wanted to stay connected to God and stay connected to my purpose. And so while Tony and Kath said, yes, don't come to these meetings, just because practically I had so many doctor's appointments, it wasn't funny. They said practically, but I'm still part of the big picture. I'm still part of the purpose in this church and connecting with meeting some of you who I've met over the last six weeks or so and meeting new people and helping you guys along your journey. We're in this together. And while that was a part of my life, I'm still a mum, I'm still a wife, I'm still a friend, I'm still a Christian. And so just because stuff goes on in my health doesn't mean everything else has to go down the wayside And because this is my, my focus. And I also did not want to give more glory to the word cancer than to God. I did not want to be saying that word more than I absolutely, absolutely had to. And so that's why we did not talk about it. So basically... What happened was in March, I found a lump in my breast accidentally. My husband pushed me to go to the doctor because it's not like I'm on my priority list. Two days later, he had me sent for a mammogram. Two days later, he had me at a surgeon. I'm like, gee, this is happening a bit quickly. I'm a little bit naive, but anyway. Who said, he did a biopsy, he said, you've got 50-50, whether it's cancer, I've got to do surgery. I rescheduled the surgery three times because it wasn't convenient for me. They said, you need to have this surgery, ma'am. You have to do it. I'm like, oh, okay then. So I did that. While I was under, they took lymph nodes as well because it did turn out to be a cancer. I had to wait a, whatever, long, um, a week or so to get the lymph node results, um, which actually they came back clear, so that was good. I needed several weeks of physio to reuse my arm because I couldn't move my arm after the surgery. Um, and I've just finished six and a half weeks of radiotherapy one and a half weeks ago. Um, and then the thing is that God is good because over this time we were believing for mild side effects. We were believing that actually this was not going to affect my relationship with God, my relationship with my family, my friends, my kids, my purpose. And God's actually come through and done that. So actually I feel good. I feel, I feel great. I wasn't faking anything. <laughs> I wasn't dragging myself out of bed to fake a smile on a Sunday. It was real. I was just being me. And for anyone who knows me, I cannot act to save myself. Like, I couldn't act. So I, I, I couldn't have faked it. And my kids will tell you, yeah, I was probably real over that time. They've had grumpy mum, impatient mum, tired mum, but no more than they normally do, you know. It wasn't like that was bizarre. So... I just want to use this gift and tell you about how I actually worked through that, that journey. I never checked the time, Kath. How much longer have I got? Okay. Um, Romans 12.1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So our gift, getting back to our gift... It's got to be a holy and acceptable sacrifice. 
our lives to him. So the foundation of our gift is our spiritual life. We've talked about meeting Jesus. That's the foundation. Without that base, that box is going to cave in. So the spiritual foundation, we've got to know him. We've talked about knowing this Bible. When you find a lump, if you don't know that God is for me, who can be against me, he's not going to give me anything more than I can handle. He loves me. He has a plan and a purpose to prosper and not to harm me. If we don't read this, we don't know that. That's not in us if we don't read it. So what do we do? Do we pray first? Do we complain first? Do we worry first? Worry is such a waste of time. You know, worry does not change the outcome. That would not have changed what happened. If I had worried, all I would have got is sapped with energy, would have ticked my husband off because he's got this whingy, complaining, anxious wife and wouldn't have done much for my marriage. So, you know, we don't uh, worry. You know, I just said, okay, the only place I can go is to God. So I'm just going to use this time. If I have to drive into the city every day and back, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to listen to sermons. I'm going to pray for people, pray for this church. I'm going to make it proactive. I'm going to connect with God and recognizing God's voice from all the others. I had confirmations from other people with what we were believing. Actually, this is what this whole time is about. But I had people, one person I've met once and had... Um, knew nothing of my situation and said what they felt for me. I'm like, that's exactly what we've been, what what we've been feeling for ourselves. So God confirms. Someone asked me the other day, how do you know God's voice? Well, you know, if I rang you today, you don't know me that well. You would go, who is this on the phone? If I spoke to you every day for two weeks and rang you, you would go, hey, Sal. That's how we know God's voice. It's daily relationship. It's spending time with Him daily. Um. In knowing Jesus, we've got to follow Jesus too. When stuff goes down, we don't run from the house of God. The house of God, this is a place of refreshing, of healing, of peace, of joy, of friendship, of support. This is the place to be. We don't go, oh, I'm tired. Oh, my family's falling apart. We need more time. Oh, I've got to work on my marriage and stay home from church. This is the place. This is the place we get refreshed and renewed. And we connect with the living God who's the only person who has the power to do any of that stuff in our lives anyway we continue to serve I could have gone I can't use my arms so I won't help out in the crèche this Sunday night but you know what I thought hey that's actually not an excuse because I've had five newborns over my years and learned to do a whole lot of stuff with one arm so I can look after the babies what's stopping me what's our excuse people really we hide behind the oh I can't really do it. or the doctor said I shouldn't do this come on get past your excuses Did you know this, that when you take your focus off yourself and look at others, it releases DHEA, anti-aging hormones, and feel-good hormones in you. So you benefit when you give to others. Don't stop. If stuff goes down in your life, do not stop giving to others. Um, One of the sides here, just quickly, physical. The physical side. The doctors couldn't explain to me, you're low risk for cancer, I don't know why this has happened. But... Um, the nutritionist I saw said, you know, while that's true, you probably don't look after yourself well. And that's, that's true. I go, go, go. I go, there's 10 wraps left. That'll be enough for everyone for lunch tomorrow. So I won't have one today because, you know, I've just worked that out. But I've, I've had to change that. I've had to exercise. All right, I'm bowing to, I've got to exercise. You know, anyone who knows me know I hate it, hate it, hate it. But I've got to do it, all right? 
But we know this stuff, ladies. We can't use that excuse of not looking ourselves after physically. We've got to do it. To keep that part of our gift whole, we've just got to do it Um, emotionally. Keep this part of our gift whole. We've got to control our emotions. They don't control us. Do you know, physiologically, there's a little thing in our brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala will hijack our decision-making centers in the prefrontal cortex when we have an emotional moment. But they've actually proven that you can get it back by bringing a logical thought in you can control that emotion, put that emotion back in the place that it needs to be and say, no, I am going to do this. I'm not going to dwell on that thing. I'm going to get over that thing. You know, I had to grieve some things. This was not on my to-do list this year. You know, like we, we didn't plan for this. We went, okay, this is my, this is our plan. We didn't expect this. So there was some stuff I felt robbed, you know, and I did have to have a few cries, but I wasn't grieving the same stuff over and over and over. You vent, you cry, you give it to God and go, okay, let's do this. Let's move on. Fear, I, this is the way we deal with fear. You go to the worst case scenario. Okay, if I die, if this is terminal when we didn't know what was going on and I die, that's good for me, not so great for my family, but you have to go there because you face it and I just, I go, I found God. Like, you know what? I totally believe that God has the keys of life and death and that he works all things together for good for those that love him. So he would have my family he would be the comfort, the protect, the support. He would need a supply housekeeper and lunch maker for my hubby. We know that. But he would provide everything we need. So it's not that scary because God's there in that place. That's how we deal with fear. Um, relationally, another side of our box. We stay whole by talking to those who are going to help us grow. You know, I knew if I wanted to have a pity party, I knew who I could have gone to. And, you know, we know that. When, when we want to be pandered to and pampered and say, oh, poor old you, and you better back off and take some time and blah, 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 we know who to go to, people. And I deliberately chose to go, no, I'm going to go. It's a bit hard to not tell my husband, but can't is a four-letter word in our house because to him that spells won't and that spells attitude. He's, he's cries, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I learned very early on, do not say can't. So I knew that accountability to him, he wouldn't let me get away with that. I talked to Tony and Kath and said, I want to do this season well. So I know they're watching me. And I know Kath well enough to go, hey, she would have pulled me up if I had have done the poor old me and fallen in a heap thing. So we've got to see people that are going to help us grow when stuff goes down. Mentally, the other side of our box, uh, to stay whole, meditate on God. Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Is all of what you're thinking that stuff? Really, is it? What does your mind focus on? You know, I had doctors say to me, so what have you looked up on the internet about breast cancer? And I'm like, oh, was I supposed to do that? <laughs> I'm like, I haven't got time to see you. I look up the internet. That's what you go to university for. I didn't want to fill my head with that stuff. I didn't want to be going cancer, 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 find out this, find out that. I did not want to fill my head with that junk. You know, I looked at um, some magazines in waiting rooms. They are trash. 
It's pop psychology, it's gossip, it's stuff about people's business that are none of my business. It's just rubbish, people. Don't fill your head with junk. And it's not just positive thinking. It's not like, oh, I haven't got cancer, I haven't got cancer. That's, that wasn't my, my reality was I did. But the thing is, I'm going to be thankful to God. I'm going to meditate on him and not on the crud. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I said before, worry is a waste of time. It doesn't change the outcome. But you know what worry does in our physiology? is It creates a flight and fight response. You know when we're afraid and we have to run because it's a dark alley, someone's coming. That's, the, that's a response that's built in physiologically. What happens with worry is that response kicks in but we don't do anything with the adrenaline. We don't do anything with the glucose that's built up. So what it does is it, all those chemicals keep pouring around our system and they eat away at the feel-good hormones. They eat away at our immune system and then we end up worse off. So worry is just... why God says, do not worry. Well, he's actually going, well, protect yourself from this. So don't worry. Um, the top of our gift, just to finish, that's the stuff, that's the decoration, the stuff that people see. And as Alex has said, that's this, our, um, what we speak and how we act. But it comes out of our heart. They don't act on their own, they come out of our heart. Um, Luke 6.45, for out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Research has yet to clarify how many neurons we have in our heart. There could be up to 40 million neurons. Neurons are brain cells. And they've actually discovered our heart thinks independently to our brain. Our heart works independently to our brain. And those brain cells, the theory is that's our belief systems. That's who we really are is in our heart. So it's just research catching up on what the Bible says. But what they've found is that we can influence our brain by what we believe in our heart. So if we believe this stuff, there have been so many scriptures about the heart, I think God's really getting our attention on this, that what we believe in our heart it comes out of our mouth, and then what we speak out loud influences the change in our brain. It's got to be spoken. And that's what that connects with what the Bible says. It's all physiologically matches up, but it's what... The Bible says, I believe I could have made a choice to go down the worry path, to go down the fear path, and I would have stepped out of God's protection. Because I, and I think he could have miraculously protected me from side effects and all the rest that he did anyway, but I wouldn't be working with him. And he could have you know, chosen to do that anyway, but I had to choose to know I'm going to follow you, focus on you, stay with you, Stay in your will, and through that belief that I had in him, his power connected, the Holy Spirit's power miraculously impacted so that I didn't experience side effects. The radiotherapists are going, what is going on here? That should be this and this and this now. And aren't you taking rest, honey? And I'm like, no, I don't need to. I'm fine. I still had holidays. We had holidays in there. I didn't want my husband and kids to be robbed of that. There's this stuff. Life just still went on. So I wasn't going to succumb to those things. But God is a miracle working God. And I don't ever want to minimize that he can actually do what he says he can do and get into the whole poor old me strategy. But we can choose. We've got a choice. When a crisis happens, ladies, do we 
Go, fear, worry, sink down, step out of God's protection and his will, or do we step back in there and go, okay, God, whatever happens, I know that you're with me and you'll walk through this with me. And he was amazing in protecting me, but at the same time, if, it had a, if I had have experienced side effects, I still would have known he was with me. It's about walking with God. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 8 says, These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So what we speak out affects the change in our head, our brain, and our emotions. And that's the part that influences others. That's the part that others see, the decoration that others will be impacted by. So I want to just encourage us to live our gift of life. I use the box because, hey, and I felt God gave me this illustration. You look at the box. You see gift boxes everywhere. So when you're wrapping a gift box, hey, God, how am I really doing? Am I honouring you with my gift of life and am I being a blessing to others? Thanks, Kath. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.